being 100% committed means that you're willing to show up every day, no matter rain, hail or shine, and get the job done. It's not a function of motivation. It's a function of routine and it's a function of discipline. So if you can get out there and just work on it every day, I would recommend using that sort of mindset because the things will get tough. Things will not work out the way you expect them to be. And when they don't, that's the moment that you need to shine. That's when the moment that you still need to act and move the needle because taking action every day is probably the best thing you can do. It's consistency more than anything that separates the successful people from those who couldn't make it. So being able to commit to yourself, being able to go out there and you know every day do the same thing, make marginal gains on what you're trying to do is probably the best way that I can suggest in trying to stay, stay disciplined and consistent. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. So today I wanted to talk about uh, some of the questions that I've been getting over the past year or so. So thankfully, I've been able to sort of engage with a lot of people over the years, those who are really experienced founders, those who are sort of beginning founders and doing it for the first time, but also more importantly, founders who are, or people who are aspirational founders. So what does that actually mean? So people who are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or thinking about starting their own business. And a lot of these people are either in school, they want to uh, start something of their own, they could be in university or college, or they could be in a corporate job doing a nine to five gig and they want to figure out, okay, what do I want to do next with my career? Do I want to continue uh, working in, in sort of uh, corporate or do I want to start my own thing? So today I wanted to talk about 10 key questions that every potential founder should ask themselves and realize that you know these questions are something that anyone can answer, but Truly, if you want to start something yourself and learn a bit more about what it takes to build a company, then I think some of these questions, if you can answer these uh, truthfully and transparently, will probably set you in the right direction for thinking about whether you want to do this or not. So with that, I wanted to dive into the first question that usually people ask me if they're thinking about doing something for themselves. And the first one is, I'm thinking of starting a company but I currently have a full-time job. Should I even start a business? And how do I even transition out of my nine to five to building this full-time? So I would really just ask yourself, why am I building a business or building this company or building my startup, whatever it is? Is there a gap that I'm trying to fill? Is there an opportunity that I'm trying to take advantage of? Is there something that no one else is willing to do? So these are the questions that you really need to ask yourself wholeheartedly, but really ask yourself, am I the person to do this? Why is it me that is willing to go out there and build this company and why not someone else? Because if you can answer those two questions, you can really figure out if it's something that you know you wanna do or if you can leave this to someone else and then you can go ahead and do something else. I think the other thing to remember is Building a company is ridiculously hard. And I want that, I want to, I want to sort of hammer that home quite uh, deliberately because 
a lot of people think that building a company is romantic, is romantic it's fun, and it's exhilarating, and in many cases it can be. But it has to be married with the passion, the fortitude, and also the belief in yourself that you can do it. If you're building a company to uh, get rich or to build some sort of status around you that you become a CEO or a founder, I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I really think you need to sit down and just ask yourself, why am I actually doing this? What's my why? As famous as Simon Sinek famously said, you know, I'm not doing this. Obviously, there's going to be a how and there's going to be what I'm going to do. But why is really, really important because it's your purpose. It's your North Star. It's sort of the direction you want to go and it's going to be driving you uh, for most of this journey. And the problem is that a lot of people don't have that and they go into this journey really nearly not thinking about the consequences and the ups and downs of building a company as well. The other thing I wanted to stress out is that because a company is so hard to build, you're going to have to go through these psychological barriers and having a North Star is incredibly important because it's the one that will really lift you out of those troubled times when you're feeling like crap, when you are down and you don't feel like being motivated to build the business or to work or even get out of bed. Having some sort of purpose higher than yourself is going to be the one that kicks you into gear and is the one that's going to really put you into action. So I hope that really helps drill down into what um, it takes to build a company. But I want to answer the second part of that, and it's transitioning out of my 9-to-5 job, if you have one, or if you're doing other things. So if you're in school, you know, how do I you know, finish school and, and do this startup that I want to do? The other thing, I, I, the one thing I would say is, you know, try to figure out, can I balance this with the work that I'm currently doing and how can I transition out of it seamlessly? Perhaps you're going to work during the day and you want to you know, work on this at night. So set a schedule for yourself and be diligent with that schedule. So after work or maybe in the morning before work or before school, I'm going to work on this for one to two hours and I'm going to put absolute focus on this going forward. And you repeat that. So maybe you might work on every Monday. It could be every day, every every other day. It doesn't matter. Maybe on the weekends. I think having a schedule and being consistent is the number one trait to have. Because the moment you start to be inconsistent, that's when the you start to fall by the wayside and you're not putting it as a priority. So trying to, again, figure out why you're doing this is and being able to generate that purpose, but then being able to convert that into a schedule and a routine that you can use to build that entity, that that company, whatever you want consistently, and doing that in a disciplined way over the next two to three months, for example, or six months to a year. Give yourself that buffer and give yourself that room to explore those ideas, test them, try to see if you can get some sort of product market fit, and make sure that you can be consistent in your approach. So I would try that. And then once things start to unravel themselves and you'll start to get a lot more context around the idea and you're starting to get traction, that's when you can go to the next stage and figure out what do I want to do next with my career? Do I want to continue where I am or should I quit my job and focus on this full time? Next one is, do I need to have a co-founder? So this is a question that I get from founders who are trying to build a company 
that seeks typically external investment uh, because they are requesting for uh, outside capital to come in. And it really depends if you have a co-founder who is complementary to you, not necessarily the exact same copy of yourself, but who can provide skills and abilities that you don't have, and you can do the, do the same for them, I think that's, that's a great fit. I think that finding a co-founder is super helpful because you drive each other. You're, you're made accountable to each other. And both of you, or maybe more than both of you, if you have three or four co-founders, are willing to push each other and challenge each other as well. The other thing I would say is that if you do find a co-founder, make sure that it's someone that you trust. It's someone that you can get along with because at the end of the day, this is a marriage. It's something that you should really put focus on. You know, you are going to be spending a good part of your career in building this company with that other co-founder or co-founders. So you want to make sure that your relationship is tight and also make sure that if, you know, when things get go south, and things don't work out that you're able together to get out of that and to be able to work on it together. The last thing you want is a co-founder walking out on you because they felt uh, disenfranchised or they felt hurt by some of the things you said. So make sure that you can um, really develop a strong relationship through the good times and the bad times as well. Now, when it comes to raising external funding, uh, I would say that Having a co-founder is really key. You don't have to have a co-founder, but you'll be questioned about if you have a co-founder or not because there'll be questions about who's going to take the load, who's going to distribute the tasks up, how you're going to separate, how you're going to divide roles amongst the, the team because building a company is obviously a very difficult task. So you want to make sure that you can um, spread and distribute uh, the workload accordingly. And the investors also want to know if you and the co-founders have had a long-lasting relationship. Again, going back to the same point that I made before about going through thick and thin together. If you're able to, to prove that out, then you'd be more in a better position to, to raise funding as well. But I really recommend that if you can find a co-founder, that's great. But if not, then that's fine. There's many, many successful co-founders out there who have done this themselves. Uh, it just takes grit and determination and obviously that purpose that I initially spoke about at the beginning. All right, next question is, should I fundraise? So this is a very contentious topic. I think it comes down to what are you actually building? So remember, when you fundraise, when you're raising money from external investors, you're asking for capital, but they're asking for some sort of return, some sort of equity in the company, for example. Now, the thing is that if you are building a company, you want to make sure that the company can be venture-backed. And not all companies are. A lot of companies out there um, are bootstrapped. They use their own money and highly recommend it as well. If you think you can go out, go at it alone without any external capital, then go for it because it's a great way to test your own ideas, to use your own capital, to have your own skin in the game. I think that's incredibly important before you even go out to raise capital because when you do raise external capital, there's going to be some compromise made between. You're going to have to exchange equity for ownership and, and all, that, all that stuff that comes with external funding. So you want to be sure when you do go out to fundraise, you're doing it for the right reasons. It's not to get money quickly and then spend it. That's the worst decision you can make. It's can I use external funding to accelerate 
my growth to accelerate the business. I'm already doing well. I'm sort of humming along pretty nicely, but we need additional capital to sort of give us a lift in operations, give us a lift in hiring so we can move faster and more agile in the environment so we can try to uh, scale and uh, grow this thing as quickly as possible. Those are the reasons for seeking capital. It's not to simply use money, use other people's money for your own doing. I think something you should definitely think about when you are uh, raising venture money or money from angel investors for that matter. Okay, if I plan to fundraise, what do I need to show to investors? And more specifically, what sort of investors should I target? So I made a video about this called uh, how do you create a data room or how do you create an effective data room? And I'll link it up in the uh, description and put them in the show notes below. But I would say that you really need to show traction. You need to show you have a solid plan of going to market and some sort of prototype that you've built. And if, if this is something a hardware or a software, it doesn't matter. I think you really need to showcase to investors that you've done the initial groundwork in to develop a strong prototype or an MVP, which is stands for the, the minimum viable product. What's the uh, most basic product you can create to convince investors to invest in you, but also to get initial traction from customers. You also want to showcase to investors, can I actually you know, take this to market? Can I actually show this and scale this beyond what it is today? If you can put together a, a strong, cohesive narrative around that through your deck, through your product, through your data room, as I mentioned before, through your business plan, all of that is going to really get people excited. And then the other thing is the type of invest, investor you should go for. And that really comes down to the needs and the wants of the investor. Every investor has their own thesis, their own mandate for doing things. So I would encourage you to do research. Go on LinkedIn, go on websites, go talk to other fellow founders that you've engaged with, talk to your network of people that you know, and see are there people out there willing to invest in your product, in your industry, in your sector? Those are the types of uh, questions you want to be asking because being able to target the right investor is much more efficient than doing brute force and going out there and seeking every investor under the ray under the sun to to invest in with you. So hopefully that answers a, a bit of that question that that I usually get a lot from uh, prospective founders. Next one is: Is it important that I have a business plan? No, it's not. You don't need to have a business plan. If you do, that's great, but it's not required. I think traditionally, many, many years ago, it probably was where you would have to compile this 20, 30, 40 page business plan together and presented, especially if you're raising money from like a bank or something like that, right? And they kind of need to know the plans around that. But if you are building this either raising money from outside investors or even doing this yourself, I think it's important to have some sort of structure about what you want to do. It doesn't have to be a super comprehensive business plan. If you can whip up a Google Doc and simply just put down, what is my mission? What am I building? What problem am I solving? And how am I about doing that? And how am I going to go about doing that? I think that's going to move you in the right direction because I think there is going to be some um, element of structure when you do go out and create your business you don't want to put everything in your head. 
you know that's the last thing you want you want to put everything on paper so if it's a business plan so be it if it's a deck great if you want to put you know give you if you want to make notes along the way and put into a notion page it doesn't matter if you can put it on paper and you can uh, and you can sort of succinctly put down your thoughts on what this could look like what tools do i need what sort of people do i need to hire how do i should how should i go to market how, what sort of customers should I approach? Those are the triggers that you can use to go ahead and think about other aspects of the business. So for me, having some sort of business plan, whatever that means to you, is pretty important. So I would recommend doing that for sure. I find it so hard to stay committed. What can I do to stay consistent and disciplined? You know, building a company, as I already mentioned, is super hard. And I know that there's a lot of founders out there who are suffering from the inability to stay consistent, especially if they're trying to do other things. They have a, another job, they have school, they've got other life uh, demands that are pulling them away and distractions, in fact, pulling them away from doing this. As I mentioned before, I think the best thing you can do is to commit yourself to your reason as to what is your purpose, to have a schedule, to stick to that schedule, but also change your mindset. I think that's one thing that is sometimes overlooked is being 100% committed to this versus being 99% committed, for example. Being 100% committed means that you're willing to show up every day, no matter rain, hail or shine, and get the job done. It's not a function of motivation. It's a function of routine and it's a function of discipline so if you can get out there and just work on it every day i would recommend using that sort of mindset because the things will get tough things will not work out the way you expect them to be and when they don't that's the moment that you need to shine that's when the moment that you still need to act and move the needle because taking action every day is probably the best thing you can do it's consistency more than anything that separates the successful people from those who couldn't make it so being able to commit to yourself being able to go out there and you know every day do the same thing make marginal gains on what you're trying to do is probably the best way that i can suggest in trying to stay stay disciplined and consistent and there's another video that i want to also reference as well and that's building a strong work ethic as well so i'll put that into uh, the video but also into the show notes below and you can take a closer look into that about why building a strong and effective work ethic is really important all right next one is how do i know that customers will want my product I don't want to create something then find out that they don't want what I've built. Well, yeah, that's kind of tough. So I would say that you want to do research. You want to do market research before you even go and build anything, whether it be an MVP or prototype. Sit down, think about what is your customer going to look like? What is your customer archetype, if you want to call it that? And really be descriptive, be super detailed about what does your customer want and, and, and sort of position yourself in their shoes. If I was being a sold a product, if I was being sold a service, what do I want? What, what are the expectations I want from this service or product? And can I and would I be satisfied? So you really need to put yourself in their shoes and figure out what do they actually want. For 
customers they are obviously they're they're the ones who are going to be buying this so finding some sort of basic product market fit should be your main goal and that requires a lot of research a lot of talking to people going out there making cold phone calls emails talking to them and just getting a sense of what they're asking for and from that that's going to give you a good foundation to work with and from that you can figure out okay this is what the basic prototype I'm going to build looks like and it's going to satisfy these requirements for the customer it may not satisfy every customer requirement and that's perfectly fine but if you can satisfy some of the key and core requirements then I think you're on a good start and that's even before even lifting anything to build a product just going out there talking to people is probably the best way to start gauging about what they're looking for next one is I don't want to make any mistakes my goal is to minimize as many errors as possible what's the best way of going about this look you're going to make mistakes I think you're going to make errors no matter what and it's part of the journey you're going to make uh, you're going to make errors, you're going to make faults, you're going to do this and do that, that you have regrets about. But at the end of the day, that's part of the journey. That's what you want. You know, you learn from those mistakes. So I would try to do as many things as you can, and, but with a focused intention. And obviously planning is much better than not planning at all. So plan as best as you can. But even with planning, you're still going to make mistakes. But that's okay. Learn from those mistakes even capture those mistakes as well put them somewhere that you can really you know sit down look at it and figure out why did i make that mistake how can i go out and figure out what can i do better next but also you know having that record over time keeps you accountable it makes you realize this is these are the mistakes you've done this is how you fix them but overall as i'm getting better and better as a founder those mistakes are going down I I'm probably am creating new mistakes, but they're not as significant as the mistakes I made at the beginning. And those are the ones that you really want to care about. So for me, making mistakes is normal. It's perfectly fine to make mistakes. Make as many errors as you can, but do them as early as possible. You know, try to capture them so that by the time you are much more developed, you're much more mature in your product, in your customers, in your fundraising, in your business growth, you know, you can minimize those errors over time. And that will set you off into a more positive trajectory uh, than not being able to, than not making any errors at all. All right, last, uh, second last one is, I'm not a technical founder, but I need to build something that works. How should I go about making progress on building my product? So if you're not a technical founder, that's perfectly fine. There are plenty of non-technical founders out there. The first thing I would say is, Look, see if you can find a technical co-founder who is in line with your mission, who believes in you, who believes in the product, and get them on board and see if they can help you out. The other thing is that if you can't find a technical uh, technical co-founder, then see if you can outsource the work. See if you can find development shops, find freelancers out there to help you out and you know bring them along for the journey if they are a good fit because there are a lot of great ideas out there and not everyone is an engineer. Not everyone can build a technical product. But I would recommend that you go out searching for some. But even if that doesn't work out the way you want it to be, then go out there and look for people who are excited about your mission, you know, as people who are not fully committed to, to you yet or the, the mission itself, but is willing to help you build this initially, get some traction from it, and then you just never know if they're going to jump on board full-time 
or not. So definitely try to network with as many people, go to meetups, talk to friends who are engineers or technical folks. Maybe they would know people themselves who are looking for new opportunities and just tap your circle, tap your inner circle of people that you know and see what it looks like. And hopefully that gives you some tips on building a product uh, with or without a technical co-founder. And the last one is, I didn't expect that starting a business would be so difficult. Some days I feel like throwing in the towel, but on other days I feel like being on top of the world. How do I deal with my emotional state? You know, this is one of those questions that I really don't have a strong answer to, unfortunately. What I've done personally and what I've recommended for other founders to do is that to embrace change, to embrace the ups and downs, but also have some sort of equanimity. And basically what equanimity means is that no matter if it's a positive day or negative day, try to keep a level head. Try to just continue on with the work. Obviously, celebrate those wins. Celebrate the milestones that you've achieved with yourself and with your team members. But don't get overly excited or don't get too complacent by the positives, but also don't get too down by the negatives. Accept that failures and errors and misjudgments and feeling just groggy on some uh, during times of building a company is natural. So if you can understand that this is just part of the cycle of build, building a business, I think you'd be in a much better position to accept the the peaks and the troughs of building a company emotionally, but also not to get carried away with those types of moments and just make sure that you continue building your company, waking up every day, being consistent, being disciplined, showing up and just doing the work because eventually, next thing you know, what, what, what will happen is that you'll realize that you've, you've made so much progress from the beginning and you realize what an achievement that is in and of itself. So I hope all of these questions have been helpful. I hope whatever you're thinking about doing, whatever you are planning to do, I really hope that you take action and if you truly believe in what you're doing, you should go for it because the world needs more founders and entrepreneurs. And I really hope that you uh, enjoyed the content. And if you do, go ahead and subscribe and share this content with your friends. I really hope it helps and I'll see you next time. <music>